All right. So, uh, so tonight we're we're talking about. I'm going to just pick up where we left off on seven attributes of a credible Christian warrior, and uh, and we've been in the book of Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten. So, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Second Corinthians ten, and uh, we'll bust the word for a little bit. Then we'll get into um, we'll get into our prayer time tonight. I don't have any prayer pieces, so we'll just have to go old school on our prayer groups, and uh, we'll go from there. Second Corinthians chapter ten. Uh, we've been dealing with uh, just how <clears throat> important it is to be, you know, ready for spiritual warfare. We had a great marriage conference this weekend. Mike and Becky Blake did an awesome job, and uh, and talking talk about being ready for spiritual warfare. That that was such a good. Good, so many good sessions. So I want to just take this this text, and I'll, I'll run you up to where we're we're going to bounce off, and uh, up in verse uh, twelve, and uh, and then I'll take you as far as we can tonight before we got to wrap it up. So Second Corinthians chapter ten. Let's start in verse one. Just rehearse what we've seen. It's been a while. It says uh, Paul says in verse one. Now I Paul myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Who, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled do ye look on things after the outward appearance if any man trusts to himself that he is Christ let him think this again that as he is Christ even so we are Christ for though I should boast somewhat more of our authority which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for your destruction I should not be ashamed that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters for his letters say they are weighty and powerful but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible let such as one think this that such as we are in word by letters when we are absent uh, such will we be also indeed when we are present for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise but we will not boast of things without our measure but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you for we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reach not unto you for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ not boasting of things without our measure that as or that is of other men's labors but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall in, uh, be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel and the regions beyond you, and not boast in another man's line of things, made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord, for he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom <clears throat> I'm sorry, but not I'm sorry, but for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. So so just kind of way of review since it's been a, a few days. The first thing that we saw in this passage in verses one and ten is that there's seven attributes of a credible Christian warrior. 
And, uh, and it's important that we understand that because Christianity needs as many Christian warriors as possible. And uh, we can't afford to be marginalized. Uh, we got to be maximized by the grace of God. And that's basically what was trying to be done to Paul. They were trying to minimize his influence. And Paul, of course, wasn't wanting to tout his own horn. But the fra- fact of the matter was God had a mission to work in and through him. And, and he was trying to just impress upon them that, hey, guys, we are what we say we are. We are the real deal. We're authentic. And uh, and so in verses 1 and 2, uh, when he, he says, hey, I, I Paul... Uh, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. Right? I, I don't look like much, but I, I do want to speak loudly to you. I want to speak boldly. That is a better word. But I beseech you, I ask you, I strongly encourage you that that I may not be bold when I'm present with you, I, with this, or present with this, uh, with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. And so he's having some contention there. And he is very secure. The point, first point that we saw is he's secure in his relationship with Christ. So a credible Christian warrior is secure in their relationship with Christ. He's not pleasing men. Uh, he's walking in the Spirit. And a, so a, a secure Christian can endure personal attacks. And Paul did that very well. He can also, a secure Christian can manifest spiritual fruit. Paul did that very well. A spirit and a, 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 he also has a spiritual survival that hinges on his security in Christ. So he's very secure in who he is in Christ, and uh, he lets him know that in the first couple of verses. And then in verses three through six, we saw that uh, that a credible Christian warrior is successful in spiritual battles. In verses three through six, uh, he recounts that you know what we can cast down every imagination, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So successful Christian warriors, um, man, they they are successful in spiritual battles. And so we saw that in verses 3 through 6, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. We saw that credible Christian warriors no longer war after the flesh, right? We war in the spirit. And uh, we saw James 4.1, Ephesians 2.2, 2, Ephesians 6.12. Over and over again, the Bible talks about how we walk in the Spirit, we war in the Spirit, we don't fight with the members, we fight spiritual wars. Uh, point B, we saw credible Christian warriors have the correct weaponry for spiritual warfare, right? We, we have the fruit of the Spirit, we have the sword of the Spirit, and uh, which is the Word of God. We also talked about that on Wednesday night in great detail. And then we saw the third point, which is uh, credible Christian warriors submit to authority. Right, and so Paul's like he's telling them, don't look on things after the outward appearance. Uh, this is a spiritual matter, and so God has given us authority. He says in verse eight, for though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given to us for edification. Right, He has the authority of God to build up the body, not for your destruction. I'm not here to to beat people up. I'm not here to just destroy here. I'm here to build people. And so he says, look, I have been given authority of God to do this. This is my mission. And so he says, hey, I don't want to. I did. I don't want to tear terrify you by letters. Um, some say that his letters are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Again, they keep picking on the outward man, and they're not acknowledging who God made him to be. Not that he needs their, uh, not that he needs their um, affirmation at all. And so we see that uh, when we talk about credible Christian warriors submitting to authority, we see that credible Christian warriors learn to cast down imaginations, right, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We saw that in the previous verses. We see that, that Paul is not letting these guys get in his head, so to speak. And that's that's easier said than done, not being respecters of persons. Paul is not a respecter of persons. And we saw several verses. We talked about that 
no weapon formed against us will prosper, Isaiah 54, 17. And we talked, to, we talked about Joshua and so on and so forth. Uh, and then we saw that credible Christian warriors obey God's orders, right? They are obedient to God's word. And that credible Christian warriors are ready, right? There's a, like, a, like a soldier, they are ready. And that brings us to where we are tonight, right? So the, the fourth point there is that credible Christian warriors speak with their life. So let's review again what we saw in verses 11 through 12. It says, Let such as one think this, that such as we are, are in word by letters when we are absent such will we be also indeed when we are present verse 12 uh, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise and so credible christian warriors speak with their life right it, our, our talk should match our walk and so um, so we understand that we submit to the same Lord. Look over here in First Peter. Just flip over to First Peter chapter three, and uh, we'll look at verses one and three. First Peter three one through three. The Bible says here, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm in Second Peter. Thank you. First Peter 3. Thank you, Ron. Likewise, yeah, this is perfect for where we were this weekend. Likewise, you, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair and wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. And so, um, you know, credible Christian warriors, they speak with their life. So what's that mean? They submit, uh, they submit to the Lord. Now, in this case, uh, my point is we submit to the same Lord, right? And Paul's saying likewise. And Mike Blake just pointed this out at our marriage conference, so I'll, I'll just reiterate what he says. You go back to chapter 2, likewise, means if you go back to verse 13, the word in chapter 2, Paul is talking about, or Peter is talking about submission. He says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be the king as supreme, or unto governors, or, or unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And boy, that's, that's a good admonition for Christians today. To be very very wise, submissive, um, compliant as you can be because we're going to find all kinds of reasons, uh, biblical reasons, that we can't comply. So where we should comply, we should comply. We should keep the law uh, better than anybody uh, because we can. We can submit to the Lord. You know, we don't need to you know be stupid about things uh and then whenever stupid things come that we got to stand against and you know then we take our stand but you don't want to be all messed up over stuff that just doesn't matter it just doesn't matter right and so so the will of god is that we by well-doing put to silence the ignorance of foolish men that means they're going to be ignorant and foolish men that are trying to do to us what people were trying to do to paul they were trying to beat Paul down with words. They were trying to minimize his influence and his authority uh, by exalting their own authority over him. That happens all the time. When I was first saved, there was, and I haven't been saved that long, 30-some years, but uh, used to be pastors even and, and, and churches were much more um, respected in the community, in the world. Uh, 
people saw pastors as people that had a good reputation. Uh, of course, I got saved at the time when everybody was losing a lot of that, uh, Jimmy Swaggart and all of that kind of stuff. But it used to be that pastors were blameless, they were harmless, they were the sons of God, they were without rebuke in the midst of a crooked, perverse nation. So if you can count on anybody, you can count on the pastor. And, uh, and the role was, uh, am I right or am I right? Is that right? Yeah, so the, those guys were supposed to be like Christian soldiers, right? And they were to have integrity, they were to have fidelity, they were to be guys that you could count on, right, morally. And, of course, you can see that's been corrupted. And also, and not, and by the way, I would say it's not completely corrupted. It's not completely corrupt. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of uh, impetus to, to make and to encourage pastors. But pastors do fall. We're all just made out of clay. But the point is simply this. Um, man, it, our lives do got to be, we got to be the real deal, right? We got to be authentic or it's just, it's a joke. Uh, and boy, is the devil ready to make a joke out of the church and just to malign the church. Now, there, were accus- there are going to be accusations. The issue isn't accusations. The issue is that they shouldn't stick. Paul says they can say everything they want. And Paul isn't saying they are not sticking because you didn't catch me. He's saying they don't stick because they're not true. Right? Um, and I, I, my life, I am I, WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. And I'm the real deal, right? I'm the authentic. I'm the real Slim Shady, and I'm standing up, right? And so he's saying, "Here I am," and you can, you, I'm, 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 I'm the Apostle Paul. And so um, we do need a boldness, and Paul is speaking about the boldness, right? But there's also a meekness and a, and a temperance that comes with that. So Peter also, of course, is under the under the scrutiny. He was under the scrutiny in Jerusalem. He was under scrutiny. Um, you know, uh, his whole life as well. Every one of the apostles except John ended up giving their life, right, standing for Christ. But it wasn't just enough to give your life. They had to do it the right way, and that is following Christ faithfully. They didn't have the option of denying Christ along the way. Um, they needed to stay faithful, and, and part of that is following him. That's what Jesus told Peter, follow me, follow me. And someday, following me is going to lead you to the place that people are going to malign you to the point they will literally kill you. But you follow me. And there'll be a great crown of reward. So just trust me on this, Peter. It's all good. right? And so, uh, and so again, all those apostles, there's a reason they're called witnesses. Because that, that's not a code word in the Bible for martyr. right? You will be a witness to me. Both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. These dudes knew when they struck out that the chances that they're, what that witnessing meant was something like what you would see when ISIS takes over uh, Syria and starts martyring Christians. That's the kind of witness that these folks were. And that's still the witness that our brothers and sisters are all over the world. And so, uh, so we need to make sure that we also have that kind of witness, that our lives really reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. Our conversation. Now, so we, we're talking about that, and we, we see that uh, also a big word that's mentioned in chapter 2 is servants of God. In verse 16, um, he says in verse 15, actually, For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish man as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Of course, we're dealing with a time when many, over 50% of the population, is, it's estimated, were in some sort of bondage or bond service uh, in, in Rome at that time. For this is thankworthy, verse 19, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. All this is leading up to this issue of a husband and wife. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if you do, you do well, suffer for it, uh, take it patiently. 
this is acceptable with God. He's like, if you get a spanking because you did bad and take it patiently, well, that's that's good. But it's really even better when you are not, you didn't do anything wrong, and you patiently take suffering. Now you're like Jesus. And so, for even here in two, we are called. That's what we're called to, because Christ also suffered uh, for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. So submission leads to service, and service leads to suffering, according to 1 Peter chapter 2. Who did not sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, uh, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but when, but he committed himself to him that judges right, righteously. Who... Uh, his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Okay, here comes the guy who was told to follow, feed the lambs, feed the sheep, feed the sheep. And he gets to chapter 5, we, we're not going there, but he gets to chapter 5, and then he talks to everybody about being shepherds, all the elders be shepherds. And he's saying, look, you got to submit, and that's going to lead to service, and that's going to lead to suffering. But you know where that's all leading? It's all leading back to the Savior. Isn't that awesome? It's all going back to the Savior. And that's what makes it all work. So when you get to Hebrews, right, you see that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the affliction, despising the shame. And what was he looking for? He endured the cross because he could not wait to get back home. And so our brother Jim just got home. He endured a lot of suffering with cancer, but he's happy to be home. And uh, his life speaks well as well. So, so we are to submit to the same Lord. And he deals with this issue of wives, meaning subjection to their own husbands. And so we submit to the same Lord. Um, so a man should treat his wife right because he is under the yoke of the same master. Right, the the Lord is the one that is is under that. But you know what? We can clearly see that there are times when people are not equally yoked, and so He's like, "Hey, just lady, dear lady, however you got there, submit to that." My heart was broke a few years ago. A friend of mine I know in a country that I won't name, um, uh, she was married off to a lost guy, and I just couldn't believe it because um, her parents are Christians. But in their culture, that's just how it rolls. And I even rebuked a pastor friend uh, that you guys know of. And uh, I said, that's just wrong, brother. Uh, you know, well, in their culture. I don't care about their culture. This, this is a biblical issue. And, uh, but that's what they did. This, this sweet girl, got, I could see it in her face. Her, her, her uh, honeymoon photos. You know, just in the wedding. It's just, you know, it looks like one of them old photos from the 1800s, you know. They're, they're just... <laughs> just like oh, here we are you know and uh she's just like oh. but you know what she submitted she submitted to her parents she submitted to her culture she submits to the lord she's still a christian i talked to her on facebook and uh you know what now she's got a smile and now she's doing the best with her circumstances she is living out first peter chapter three and you know what god will judge her family god will judge everybody else that lets that happen and god will take care of her he's going to take care of her and bless her and so now, I'd like to give... It, that's a terrible situation. It's not a rosy story, but there's a lot of people in those situations. You know, it doesn't give her an excuse. Now, at this point, uh, if she's bound, seek, no, seek not to be loose. Just continue. Hopefully, this guy, this fellow gets saved, and, and someday he'll be profitable to the kingdom of God.
And so uh, that's where she's at. She's in, in that situation. And so I pray that the hidden man of her heart, right, the Lord Jesus, will shine forth and draw that, that gentleman to Christ. So we are authorized to build the body, not destroy it. Paul talks about his authority. Back in our text, uh, let's go back to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians 10. <clears throat> Down here in verse verse uh, twelve, the apostle Paul says, uh, "For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with with some that that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise." Uh, in verse in verse eleven, he says, "But but such as one think this that that such as we are in word by letters, and we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we're present." So, we are authorized to build the body, not destroy it. <clears throat> and so, the apostle Paul, uh, he he understands that he is a body builder. He wants to build up the body of Christ. He wants to make sure that uh, you know things are <coughs> are going well. And if you kind of you kind of need to go a little further, but basically his job is to stretch forth. He's going. We're not going any further than where God's called us to go. So we we come as far as to you by the preaching of the gospel of Christ. He is continuing to go forward in faith. His his lifestyle is carrying. His I heard a guy one time, Charles Boyce, one time said that he said my relationship with God has led me to Toronto. He went up to Toronto, uh, then he got messed up in some bad doctrine. But at least he was he started well. He did run well. And so the point is, is that you know what. It, that was a cool thing to say. My relationship with the Lord has led me to this place. Paul's saying, "Hey, God has brought me to you, and uh, this is I'm I'm here because well because God brought me here. You're here because God brought me here. I preached the gospel, and you were born again. So the credible Christian warrior's authority does not rest in physical ability. If you go back in verse nine, he says that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters, right?" In verse 8, he says, For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given uh, us for, there's the building of edification, not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. Right? So this is a situation where he's a builder, not a destroyer, and his authority um, does not rest in physical ability. So uh, so he says, My grace is sufficient in Second Corinthians 12.9. Uh, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So credible Christian warriors, they, they live what they preach. So Paul wasn't going beyond his authority. <coughs> he was under authority. He was in authority. And uh, and he was also being very gracious with these fellows, actually. So credible Christian warriors live what they preach, and they also don't measure themselves by human standards. Credible Christian warriors don't measure themselves by human standards. And so uh, he is keeping it spiritual. And so when we get down to verse 13, we see this. It says, But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, uh, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you, but for, uh, for we are come as far as to you in preaching the gospel of Christ. So don't get ahead of God. That's a practical lesson that we can say. Credible Christian warriors, they don't get ahead of God. They're sensitive to their limitations. And everyone has limitations. Nobody is Superman. Um, uh, it's We're all really limited, frankly. It's only by the grace of God that anything gets done. It's God to God's glory. He's amazing. So don't get ahead of God. Don't rob His glory. Um, and let God do what God does. God will give you the green light in His time. Sometimes we get out ahead of God, and that's never a good thing. 
I, and I, you know what, I get, I do that sometimes. God has to slow me down because I'm looking down here and I have to back up and take care of what's here uh, because I'll leave people behind me, right? And I'm like, come on, hurry up, you know, get back, get up here. And so you got to pace yourself. When Jacob uh, went over to see Esau, right, he had to, he had to slow things down. He didn't want to overdrive the sheep. A little, he wanted to slow it down so um, he could take care of the little ones and uh, they were still tender. So you gotta, you got to pace yourself. So God will give you green light in his time. Paul didn't want to boast of things without measure. He didn't want to talk about things that uh, were not his to talk about. But he wanted to, he wanted to use the ruler which God gave him. And that, that is the ruler that uh, he says, the rule which God hath distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you. I'm only going to go as far as God's calling me to go. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure. He's saying, in essence, getting back to verse 9, I have the authority to, to speak into your life. I have the absolute authority to speak into your life. And uh, I'm not going to go beyond that. But at the same time, I'm not going to back up from that. We've come as far as unto you in preaching the gospel of Christ. So credible Christians desire fruit from discipleship. He's wanting to see fruit. He's put this investment in the Corinthians. He's not just going to let us sit in the field and rot. He didn't just wipe his hands of it and he said, you know what? He went to the preacher meeting and said, those guys in Corinth are a mess. I'm out. I don't want anything to do with them. They're messy. If you uh, this weekend, Mike Blake talked about relationships and how messy they get. He mentioned it this morning, right? Oxen are messy. They make messes, right? You got to clean out the stall. The crib is not right. If the crib is clean, there's no ox. Uh, but the ox, the, the, it's by the strength of the ox that uh, things get done. And there's messes. So Paul's he understands this. It's messy down in Corinth. He didn't abandon them. He can he continued to tend to his field. He and he was sensitive uh, to his own limitations. Uh, at the same time, he was not going to—he was not going to uh, forsake his responsibilities to the Lord Jesus Christ or the, the Corinthians, and not addressing the issues, especially in this case of authority that were going on in the church. And lastly, in regard to being sensitive to their limitations, credible Christian warriors are sensitive to their limitations. They don't get ahead of God. Uh, they wait till God gives them the green light. They desire fruit from discipleship. And lastly, they—they they are faithful to God because, well, God's faithful to us. The reason we're faithful to God is because He is faithful to us. Man, isn't that the, isn't that the case? Uh, he is faithful and true. When you look back over that, that text in, uh, in uh, Peter, um, you know, it's amazing. Just ultimately, the example that's given is Jesus, right? If there's anyone that's been unfaithful, it's been us. And there's anyone that's been faithful, it's Jesus, right? So it's, it's really sweet of Paul to continue to be patient with the Corinthians, continue to invest in the Corinthians. And when you read his introductions, both even in 1 Corinthians, which is really a lot worse than 2 Corinthians, uh, he's still gracious and kind because he views them through the lens of the Word of God. He sees them through Christ's eyes. And so, uh, man, we can be faithful to others because God has been faithful to us. And so it's hard not to give grace when you've gotten grace. right? Paul's the guy who was there and said, yeah, kill Stephen. I don't want to hear that anymore. He's done. right? Uh, I don't want to hear anything about this Jesus fellow. So it's hard for Jesus to talk about authority, or for Paul, but talk about resisting his authority when Paul has absolutely resisted his authority and still found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so, of course, Paul's going to be gracious with the Corinthians that are questioning his authority. Heck, he's killed people for for, for less, you know. So, so uh, you know, Paul understands uh, that uh, that we all have our limitations. Paul's, but at the same time, Paul's not forsaking his responsibility to the Corinthians. Now, lastly, oh, it's not lastly. I still got two points left. Man, 
I was I was barreling down to my last point, so I'll just hold, I'll just park it here, and uh, we'll get to that next week because I'm out of time. So, uh, so anyway, be sensitive. We need to be sensitive to our limitations, and uh, you know we're all limited. But who is not limited is the Lord Jesus Christ, right? There is no limit with Him, so uh, we can count on God to get done what He has called us to get done. So, Jamie, thanks for running those. Appreciate it. Um, so that's any other any comments or questions or. All right, we'll get into. We'll, I promise we'll get into chapter eleven soon. So, um, well, guys, thanks for coming tonight. My my bride is a little ill, so she stayed home. Uh, I left her there snoozing when I left, but uh, she's going to be okay. Be praying for Anne, of course. Uh, that was a tough tough thing. I'm going to shut this off.